Welcome to Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics, and on this podcast, we have honest, explicit conversations about sex, pleasure, joy, and connection. Come on over to PleasureMechanics.com, where you will find all of the resources we have been generating for you since 2006. We are celebrating our 15th year in Pleasure Mechanics uniform, and we have been devoted to generating online resources so you can experience more pleasure in your own life on your own terms. You'll find all that we have to offer at PleasureMechanics.com. If you are new to the show, visit us at PleasureMechanics.com slash free and enroll in our free online course so we can guide you in creating a foundation for more pleasure in your life. If you've been with us for a while and you're ready to dive deeper, go to PleasureMechanics.com slash love and you'll find ways to continue on your path into your pleasures. On today's episode, we are continuing the conversation about thrill. Thrill and the role it plays in our human lives and how to cultivate more thrill on purpose without risking it all in the process. You'll find all of our resources that we've gathered for you around this topic at pleasuremechanics.com slash thrill. And on today's episode, we are going to be talking about the difference between thrill and delight. Both are peak pleasures available to us humans, but they have some really crucial differences. And we're going to tease that out today. When we explore the nuances of these words and what they mean and the feeling states in our body, we can gain a little more mastery, a little more expertise in how we can cultivate them for ourselves and each other and play with them more. So we feel like there's real value in getting to know these states so that we can explore them and cultivate them some more. And we're interested in the full spectrum of human feelings here at Pleasure Mechanics. We call ourselves Pleasure Mechanics, but we know, of course, to feel anything along the human feeling spectrum, we have to be able to feel it all. And there are certain feeling states that are more available to us in our modern lives than others. And as we talked about on the show last week, thrill and erotic thrill is something a lot of us yearn for but don't know how to create safely. And so definitely check out last week's episode to catch up with us if this is new to you. But as a reminder, thrill is the peak experience of pleasure while taking a risk and doing it safely. So thrill like roller coasters, like skydiving, like stepping out in front of a large audience and delivering a speech, all of these have a risk inherent to them. And that risk sharpens our attention, creates this full body awareness that allows us to savor this experience a little more fully than the mundane pleasures of everyday life thus the experience of thrill. So after we released last week's episode, and again, it's at pleasuremechanics.com slash thrill, you'll find it there. We heard from so many of you in responses to our evocations on that page, our talks about 44 different kinds of thrills. And so many folks were either saying, oh, yes, I want so many more thrills. Where do I start? 
And then there was a category of us who there were so many of us. I kind of gave us the name of, you know, injury adverse thrill seekers unite because like me, many of you reported not wanting to take physical risks at this point in your life but they really are craving thrill and I am with you. I will not put skis on my feet and fly down a mountain and yet I love thrill. What do we do? And then there's a category of people like our dear Charlotte that revel in delight. People who love peak pleasures but don't feel like they need to take risks at all to experience those highs. And so Charlotte and I started talking about delight versus thrill, what these two experiences have in common, yet what separates them. And we're just going to tease this out today, talk about delight versus thrill, and how we can all experience more of these realms of the full spectrum human feeling range. So let's remember that risk doesn't have to be physical. It can be created in all areas of life. And this is so important because then we can fine tune this based on who we are, our proclivities, where we want to stretch ourselves, where we feel comfortable stretching ourselves. So we can really cultivate different experiences of thrill. One of our friends responded to this episode and said, you know, like many of you, oh, I don't like to take risks at all. I must not have any access to thrill. And I wrote back immediately. I said, you are one of the most thrilling people we know. And in fact, when we met you, you were in front of an audience getting out on stage, sharing not only your ideas, but your artwork projected on a huge screen behind you, speaking about things that were really important to you and getting vulnerable. What is more risky than that for us humans, right? And so we need to think about all of these different arenas and our relationship with them and notice where you are comfortable taking risks. There are those of us who put ourselves out there intellectually again and again, and we've kind of gotten seasoned to that. And there are other people who will scale a mountain on the weekend for fun, and I am watching from the parking lot aghast, right? And so we are different creatures, us humans, and we need to come into right relationship with these different arenas, but then also be willing to push ourselves a little bit, be willing to get uncomfortable, to grow. And so as we name these arenas, notice your kind of home terrain, where you love to take risks, where you're willing to take risks, and then where there is a blend of fear and excitement both. Where do you feel curious, but also a little scared? That might be a good terrain for you to explore next. Distinct from where you are an absolute no, that is not for me at this point in my life. No, thank you. That is me in mountain sports. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we talked about intellectual thrill, and this cannot be underestimated. Having a new idea, raising your hand and putting a new idea out in the world is risky and scary. And so many people report, you know, fear of public speaking, fear of putting themselves out there professionally, fear of taking big jumps with their an intellectual or career arena of life because of this risk. So let's honor that risk, even though it's invisible. And notice where you might want to take more intellectual risks, where you might want to speak up in public, where you might want to be seen and heard and take the risk of being seen, because it has such a thrilling payoff. Another realm to explore is emotional thrill. 
like intellectual thrill, it's an invisible risk that we take when we put our feelings out there. And this can happen with friends, coworkers, new crushes, long-term relationships. Anytime we care about the outcome of how someone feels about our feelings and we express how we feel anyway, we are taking a risk as social humans. And the thrill of being met in those moments where we get a little vulnerable and then someone meets us and holds us there. And that risk is often one of the scariest ones. And again, what do we avoid when we avoid taking risks in this realm? And what thrills are potentially there for us if we're willing to risk a little more? emotional thrill and intellectual thrill are adjacent to spiritual thrills. Spiritual thrills are something, it's something about surrender, surrender to something bigger into the unknown and choosing to trust your place in all things, even while feeling small in comparison. There's a riskiness to that, that especially in our culture, we're encouraged to have the grandiosity and not humble ourselves or surrender ourselves. Um, And with that, we lose access to the spiritual thrills of awe and wonder. Mm, So beautiful. And then there's the creative thrill that we can cultivate. So anytime we're making art and we're sharing it and we're hearing people's responses, it is an extremely vulnerable act um, that can be phenomenal when you when other people see your art and respond to it and you have a moment of connection based on something that you've put out into the world with all of these categories notice when we name the risks inherent and how much we lose out on if we're not willing to risk just a little bit here in pursuit of thrill physical thrills are probably the one we talk about the most that we have consumer access to right we can buy a ticket to the roller coaster we can get trained in mountain climbing and it's the one that's kind of lauded the most in our culture that's celebrated that people are kind of worshiped for even is doing extreme things with their bodies but we forget that we can experience physical thrill with much smaller physical experiences that don't risk death or injury. For us injury adverse thrill seekers out there, we must unite and remember that we can experience physical thrills in all sorts of ways while keeping our bodies safe and out of the hospitals. And the final category that, of course, we love to explore is sexual thrills, erotic thrills, where we take a little bit of risk and do something new, naked with another human or two or three or four and or more. And when we take sexual risks, again, keeping ourselves as safe as possible, we open ourselves up to this realm of erotic thrill that so many of us crave. And we have so many resources about this at pleasuremechanics.com slash thrill. And again, a reminder that you can experience erotic thrill from the whole realm of sexual experiences, from the emotional experience of going deeper with your lover and opening up emotionally during making love, to the kinkiest of sex, to mindful masturbation and solo exploration, All of these realms can give you access to all kinds of thrills. So we encourage you to explore it all at your own pace in ways that make sense to your life right now. 
Because the thing is, to experience the pleasures of thrill, we need to know what risks to take and what measures and what matches our skill sets and our abilities, right? So you're not throwing yourself out of a plane without a parachute. We need to match our ability to take risks with our skills, the resources around us, the tools we have access to, and our training in order to experience thrill and not danger. So this is a piece we wanted to pull out a little bit more based on your responses to last week's episode, is how do we get to that place of pleasurable thrill and recognize it is just over the threshold of anxiety and fear and worry and danger, which is not pleasurable at all for most of us. Right. There becomes the skill set of learning how to be comfortable with the discomfort of the risk and the anxiety it brings. So we want to explore how do we play on that edge between fear and excitement? How do we be with the experience of risk? What when it brings up discomfort, can we get more comfortable with that discomfort so that we can experience more thrill? And so much of this is being honest about where we're at. So it really helps to think about extreme sports as a metaphor. You might want to climb that mountain, but if you've never practiced rock climbing before, there's a long journey between you and Everest, and we can all understand that. And yet in the erotic realm, many of us look at porn or read about things and we want these extreme erotic thrills, but we haven't practiced or trained any of the skills to hold that charge. We haven't trained ourselves in the physical skills that give us the confidence to take the risk. And sometimes we don't have the resources around us or the tools we need to get the job done. And so that is part of it is just being really honest about the specific thrills you are seeking. And then baby stepping towards them, just like you were training to climb Mount Everest. You admit that you're a beginner and you baby step towards it and you experience thrills all along the way. And that's what's so cool about it. And when we have that attitude sexually, it's like every new little thing, every confession of a fantasy, every conversation that's a little emotionally vulnerable can bring with it the thrill of opening up to one another or even to yourself, right? This is a charged territory for us to explore together. And with that will be the micro thrills over and over again towards these peak experiences that so many of us crave. And I mentioned the specificity of desire. It's really important to know when we were doing research for this series, even roller coaster fanatics have their favorite kind of roller coaster with a specific kind of physics that gives them a specific physical experience. And likewise, in erotic thrill, it's really important to be specific about what you want. It's not enough to say, I want rough sex and I want to be dominated. Well, it's like, how? What does that look like for you specifically? What do you want to be called? What activities do you want involved? What energy do you want to feel? What emotions do you want to experience? And this is part of how we set up our courses around kinky sex was this guided tour into your erotic imagination so you can get more and more specific about what you want and then start working towards those peak experiences. Another way to explore this is with storytelling. 
stories and words are one of the ways we humans evoke really intense experiences for one another with the safety of words alone. Think of all the epic adventures that have been cast with words alone, Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, all of these stories that thrill us and delight us are with words alone. And there's so much safety there. We can call dragons out of the sky with words alone and feel their fiery breath. So one tool that we love for this is Dipsy Stories. Dipsy Stories is a treasure trove of beautifully produced immersive stories and soundscapes to inspire your erotic imagination and turn you on. You can browse the beautiful menus with curiosity or tell Dipsy what you are ready to explore and they'll serve up a custom curated playlist just for you. There is an audio experience for every mood, from sultry soundscapes to help you sleep soundly to racy romances to escape into, or extremely hot erotic immersions where the voices are making love to you in real time. And you'll find it all one stroke away at dipsystories.com pleasure. We love Dipsy so much, we reached out to partner with them so we could share this resource with you directly. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash pleasure. They release new content every week, so there's always more to explore no matter who you're into or what turns you on. For 30 days free, visit dipsystories.com slash pleasure. That's Dipsy Stories, D-I-P-S-E-A, stories.com slash pleasure. That's dipsystories.com slash pleasure. Another theme that emerged out of our conversations about thrill last week, and I want to bat this over to you, Charlotte, because you're the queen of delight, is what is the difference between thrill and delight? And do we have to put something at risk to experience peak pleasure? Like, do we have to take risks? Why can't we just be in the realm of delight instead of thrill? Ooh, I love it. I don't think that we have to experience risk in order to really deeply experience pleasure. Delight is peak pleasure without risk. And I think that delight is such an exquisite and glorious experience that so many of us can have access to more simply and easily. Like it's more easy to access the experience of delight because there doesn't have to be any risk. When we turn to the dictionary definition, it reminds us that delight is a high degree of pleasure or enjoyment, joy or rapture, but it also means to give great pleasure or to have great pleasure. So I love noticing in the word itself, it can be a noun or a verb. And as a verb, it's both in giving and receiving. So it begs this question, how can we delight one another? How can we be delighted? by others and just by the world around us? How do we take delight? Because you say it's easier to experience, we don't have to risk things for delight. And yet a lot of people find the peak experience of delight kind of out of reach. And there's a biological reason for that. And I just want to name it so we can play around it. The thing is, when we take risk, our brain shocks us into paying attention. 
it perceives that risk in this beautiful part of the brain. And it says all systems on board, pay attention, bring your best game, activate all of your skills and let's survive this risk. And the thrill comes in moving through that and surviving and your full body awareness is on board. Delight doesn't beg the same attention without the risk we're not automatically snapped into full body attention. So to experience delight, we have to do that on purpose. We have to choose that. We have to bring our own attention to the moment to fully savor it, to soak in the pleasure. And this is why I think you're so good at it as a trained erotic masseuse. You learned how to sustain your attention for hours and hours a day on the flesh, on pleasure. And then now as you walk in the world, it's very easy for you to pay attention fully to pleasure. It's not uncommon to look over at Charlotte and see her just delighting in the world around her. And that can be a warm breeze, that can be a beautiful color on the wall. You know, you've had full moments of like gasming pleasure in an art gallery, because you're able to pay full attention to the experience around you. And this is something we can all work with, we can all practice in. I'm not so good at this. I have learned this as your partner over the past 15 years. And as a pleasure mechanic, devoted to these practices, how do you pay more attention on purpose to the experiences of pleasure? And not just simple joys, but to the peak moments to moments when it's really good. We have been partying hard this past few weeks. Um, You hear it in my voice, I think I am so tired because I am weary from joy and connection. We had guests here, we had our extended family at long last after the pandemic, and we're just so saturated in joy. And I had to remind myself in that moment where the house is full of laughter, and the food is flowing and everyone's so happy, how do we soak that in? How do we experience the delight of our lives before worrying about if everyone's glass is full and if anyone needs more hummus or, you know, it's easy for me to stay in working mode and always be thinking about problem solving. It's very hard for me to fully saturate myself in delight. But when I do, man, is it revitalizing. Mm. And this is what delight and thrill have in common is if we allow it, these peak pleasures fuel us. They charge us up. They are a source of vitality. Mm. One of the things that you are so good at in life is creating delight for other people. Yeah, I'm better at that than receiving it. And it's so cool to see that in the verb, in the dictionary definition, that it goes both ways and we can practice both ways. Yes, I love delighting other people. And you're so good at it. And what you do (laughs) is you pay such exquisite attention to what other people need, Mm -hmm. want, and would be delighted by. And then you go far out of your way to create those experiences for other people and then gain joy from watching other people be delighted by an experience that you have created. Yeah, that's true, isn't it? It's really beautiful. And it's a skill that I am trying to cultivate because it doesn't come as naturally to me because I'm so blissed out in the pleasure. But you're really good at receiving. Yeah, this is why we've worked for 15 years. But I want to remind us all to try and cultivate this beautiful 
skill and um, this power to generate on purpose experiences of delight for other people Mm -hmm. and then soaking in and really appreciating and enjoying them for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Well, and one thing that happened over the past month is I have some new friends in my life that are delighting me. And I've been in touch with some old friends and then also members of our extended queer family that we're visiting. Um, I have been delighted by some of these people who are showing up in such beautiful, big ways for me specifically. And I've been forced to receive the delight. And it's delightful. (laughs) Turns out delight is delightful. Um, And it's so interesting, again, to look at these themes, the specificity the specificity of thrill seeking maps into the specificity of delight. I am not delighted if someone brings me a Coca-Cola, like I can't drink it. I don't want it. Like, thanks. It's just a cold can to rub against my face. But if you bring me a seltzer, I can be delighted and knowing what people like. And this is one of the things I do. I actually have spreadsheets that remind me of what the specific people I love like, want, need, and desire. And by paying attention, you can meet them in that moment and bring that surprise and the sudden peak pleasure of a delightful offering, a delightful moment, a delightful question because you've been paying attention. And again, delight maps into all of these realms we talked about with thrill. Intellectual delight, asking someone a great question about something they are specifically interested in. I'm thinking about this new friend we met and we started talking about worms and composting. And I asked a very specific geeky question. And Charlotte was like, I'm just going to wander over here and let you guys talk. And she and I talked about worm composting for the next 20 minutes. And we were both delighted because it's something we both care about, right? Emotional delight, spiritual delight, creative delight. Knowing what you like, want, and desire, paying attention to the people around you, allow us to generate delight. What a beautiful way to think about this is as a practice to expand our collective capacity for delight, to delight in the world around us, to delight others, and to allow ourselves to be delighted. How do we do all of those things a little bit more? And what will we notice when we do? Here at Pleasure Mechanics, we love to invite you into practice. So you can take the ideas from this podcast and integrate them into your life. Try something new on, do a little experiment and see what happens and notice for yourself what you feel, what you experience, what shifts in your experience of the world around you as we practice pleasure together. And so we invite you into the practice of delight. How do you experience more delight? How do you delight others? And how do you allow yourself to be delighted in all of these realms from physical delight the beauty of a flower in front of you, like, oh my, it's amazing. And this is something our family does all the time is just delighting in the beauty around us. It's why we named ourselves the House of Rose, which we realized recently, if you rearrange Rose, it spells Eros. It took us far too long to realize that. But that brings us to these erotic delights. The delight of your warm skin as you're cuddling in at night can be a peak pleasure if you remind yourself to pay attention. 
And so we'll leave you with that. To experience more delight, to practice delight, you have to pay attention on purpose because the adrenaline's not there to do it for you. So to get to these peak pleasures, to allow them in fully, let us practice how to pay attention to pleasure on purpose again and again. We're gathering up all of these resources for you at pleasuremechanics.com thrill. If you are new to the show, go to pleasuremechanics.com free and enroll in our free online course. And if you are ready to go deeper with us in any of these arenas from the internal thrills of mindful sex to the wild thrills of kinky sex, go to pleasuremechanics.com love and you'll find paths deeper into your pleasure. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics. Wishing you a lifetime of pleasure. <laughs>